With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're listening to the DolphinsTalk.com podcast network. Hey, Dolphins, this is Michael Fink with the uh, FinFans podcast. Each week we come to you and bring you our opinions on what's going on within the Dolphins organization. During the season, you'll hear two shows each week where we review and preview each game. We shoot straight from the hip and have fun in doing so. We'd like to thank both the Dolphins Talk Network and the Pigskin Podcast Network for their support. Uh, make sure to check them out. Please leave us a review at Apple Podcasts or wherever you may listen to your podcasts. Please make sure to follow the show. That way you'll know when a new one comes out. It's truly appreciated. All right, let's uh, kick off today's show. Hey, everyone. It's uh, another week, huh? We made it, guys. We made it. We made it. We made it. What did we, what did we make, Mike? Not the playoffs. We made it through another week of, of the coaching search, right? Oh, okay, okay. We didn't make it through the play. I, I thought you were referring to the playoffs. Yeah, with with me is we made uh, it through Louis Hergoni. <laughs> Hello, doll fans. And Daniel Reinhardt. What's up, Finn fans? Playoff so the, list, doll fans. Go no, stop sorry. that, Louis. All right, go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> Uh, th- there's some futures contracts that the team signed and, uh, Jared Dokes, our seventh round pick, the running back was one of them. D'Angelo Ross, uh, defensive back is another Quincy Williams. I'm sorry, Quincy Wilson, another defensive back. He was with the giants, I guess, for five years and, uh, spent last year on injured reserve. Cody core, a wide receiver, Javaris Davis, who was with us, a cornerback, Adam Penke, who was with us, a tackle and Keon Smith, another tackle. So those are guys that basically they're inviting to training camp. All right. Lewis, last week we made a mistake. We we went to talk about the divisional games and we got the schedule screwed up. So I wanted to apologize to everybody for that. A couple of people, people let us know it. And certainly that's, that's you know, that's something we shouldn't do. Uh, so we do apologize. And uh, hopefully you didn't listen to us. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully they were listening. Well, somebody listen was that. listening, Mike. Oh, uh, yeah. They let me know it. Somebody was listening, and somebody was actually listening and paying attention. But, yeah, it was, you know, I, I don't know what, you know what, what was going on with that in regard to the schedule. I don't know what I was thinking. Maybe I was getting ahead of myself in regard to a championship game, whatever the case may be. But uh, accidents will happen. We're human, right? But I, d- I did want to apologize to everybody because yes. we do try and be accurate. We weren't, and for that, we apologize. All right. Uh, okay, moving on. Um, Omar Kelly reports uh, some disturbing news. And, and basically what it says is, according to a source, the concern is that Greer, who is once again part of the Dolphin Search Committee, could be replaced in a year or two, and then a new general manager could want to pick their own head coach. So for that reason, uh, he believes that it's possible that you know some coaches are going to shy away from the job for that reason. How do you feel about that, Daniel? Well, I mean, big surprise, right? If Greer doesn't get his act together in the in the eyes of a lot of us, anyway, as Finn fans, then 
I mean, he shouldn't have survived this last cut. So hearing that it's possible that he's gone after a couple of years if we don't turn it around immediately, it's not a huge shock to hear that said. I'm not sure that I quite believe it, but it's not a shock to hear it said. How about you, Lewis? You know, I don't know what's going to happen in regard to this uh, head coaching search, but I'm not 100% certain that Greer's out of the woods quite yet. I believe that, and I don't know how this is going to go down, but I truly believe that if Ross gets his wish and Harbaugh comes over, I don't think he's going to want to work with Greer. So at that point, I think Ross is going to have to make a decision because Harbaugh is going to want a lot of control if he comes here. And I think that's the only way he comes. Now, do I want him here? Um, Not really. But I think that in that scenario, Mike Omar Kelly, I mean, you know, Greer's on borrowed time as it is. So it's not like it, you know, I don't think it's a major surprise. I mean, if they're going to get anybody with credibility here, you know, they're, they're going to, they're going to, they're going to want to run the show. I mean, that's just the way it is nowadays. Um, you know, they're going to want a lot of say in the personnel and, and a lot of decisions that are, a lot of the decisions that are going to be made with the organization. And I think right now, you know, it's going to hinder us because the only coaches that we are going to get are guys that are going to be first time coaches and they may not be even the more popular choices at this point. And, um, you know, there's a lot of negative factors that go into coming here to Miami. Um, you know, if me, you or Daniel were a head coach, or I should say a head coach or, you know, an assistant coach with another team right now, I mean, let's be honest, guys. I mean, you know, Miami would not be our first choice. I mean, it, it, I know, I, I don't want to speak for you guys, but I know it wouldn't be my choice. I can tell you that right from now. Well, Kyle Krabs, who does uh, Locked on Dolphins, another podcast, uh, did a piece today uh, basically on, on ranking the positions. And out of the nine openings, he placed us right in the middle. Right. And he went through it and his reasons why and all that. And I think he, he put a nice piece together. He was a little little homeristic maybe, but uh, by and large, it was it was a nice piece. And, and I, I more or less agree with him. He's a Miami writer, Mike? Yeah, he's a he's a Miami fan, and okay. uh, he does a podcast for Locked On Dolphins, which is uh, a network. And he factored in everything. He factored in not everything. The, Roster, not only right. Okay, gotcha. gotcha. Salary cap, uh, draft choices. He, yes, he pretty much covered the bases. Well, yeah, there. I mean, there are some some positives, you know, in regard to coming here. But I think that the um, the negatives and their big negatives outweigh the positives, um, and. You know, I we don't necessarily have to go down those roads. I mean, you guys can touch base if you'd like, but um, you know, we don't have to go down those roads tonight. I mean, there's just some negatives, and you know, uh, the number one thing I will touch on is the fact that you know we just haven't had any stability here for a long time, and um, a lot of bad decisions have been made, and um, that will deter coaches from coming here. There's no, there's no question in my mind that that's going to take place. I'm also not convinced that if we bring in the right guy, that a GM doesn't come in here and want to work with that guy. There are a couple of these young candidates, and you talk about how we're going to have to go for a first-time head coach. 
or that we may end up going that route anyway. I'm not convinced that one of these guys might not be exactly what a new GM would want to work with. You know, there are a couple of really young, offensive-minded savants, as one would say, in this coaching circle right now. Well, that, we're going to get into that in a minute. Yep. Well, you're yeah, you're sure talking well. about if Greer's not here, though, right? Is that right, what you're right. saying in a yeah, couple yeah, of years? Yeah, that's what we're right. talking about with, you know, Omar saying that Greer may be gone in a couple of years. If that's the case, and we have one of these new hot head coaches, you know, because the entire league is always looking for the next hot thing. What's next? What's new? And if we find that now, and it's pretty clear over the next couple of years that we're heading in the right direction, rather Greer's gone or like, or when Greer oh, leaves. Daniel, then, but conversely, if we're heading in the right direction, Greer's still going to be here. That's what I was just going to say. Well, basically. Yeah. Yeah. It wouldn't why, be a reason to get rid of him. If he that's picks why the right I don't coach, see yeah. it happening. You know, like when we started talking about it, I don't see that as the case unless there's a failure from the next head coach, which, you know, we could talk about as we look at some of these candidates. All right. So with that, Daniel, who who are your top three that you would want to see in order? I I know we talked about this on the last one when I was on. It's hard for me to narrow down a top three. Well, that's but, what I want you to do. So right, that's, so, that's the struggle. <laughs> so uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of cheat just a hair and and tied for third. Um, I like. <laughs> There's a tie. Huh? He's tied, already yeah. cheating. Tied, so basically, tied, yeah. So now I he's got four, four guys. I got a top four, and I can't choose between three and four. So we're we're just gonna go fifty uh, fifty on. If Kellen, your life Kellen depended on it, Daniel, your life is depending on this. Okay. I, if so my life depended on it, is the guy he's going to take. <laughs> if my life depended on it, then the choices us dolphins uh, we've already made have already ended that life. You know, we've we've made some poor choices at the front office. So I like I like Kellen Moore a lot. I mean, from what he's done with that Cowboys offense, uh, he has obviously tremendous weapons. But I think he's got a great offensive mind, and obviously Brian Dable has worked with Tua. And again, there's question marks with both of these guys because of the weapons that the team has. You know, is it singular, singularly Josh Allen that makes Dayball a great offensive coordinator? Same thing with, with Kellen Moore. Um, at number two, I think I like Dan Quinn. I, did, I liked a lot of the stuff that he did with Atlanta. Obviously, he made it to a Super Bowl. He, he has a, uh, a system on defense that I think can really be a boon for our guys that we have now on that side of the ball. I like a lot of the things he's done in his past. He turned around that Cowboys defense. So I like Dan Quinn. And at number one for me, I mean, you know, last time I was on, I talked about how I wanted a coach with head coaching experience, but I think I'm really coming around on Mike McDaniel, the guy from San Francisco. Yep. Uh, the more I read about him, the more integral I find out that he is to that San Francisco offense and what Kyle Shanahan does. You know, a lot of people are saying that he's kind of the architect of that offense, and he has been since he was the uh, uh, since he was not the offensive coordinator, since he was just a, a run game coordinator or whatever it was. He's known as an offensive genius. Yep, is, offensive so. savant, and I hear yep. he's a little tough to. Like at first, you know, I hear he may stutter a little bit, like some of us do when we start talking. Uh, I I hear that he may not get the message out clearly right away, but once you get past that first initial um, stutter, that he is just brilliant. And I'm ready for the next. I'm ready to take that leap as an offense. 
I want our team to be something that the rest of the league looks at and wants to be like. Now we can talk about the rest of the team at some other point, but I think Mike McDaniel is a guy that I've really come to uh, come to like. How about you, Lewis? Yeah, I mean, out of the guys, McDaniel is definitely a guy among all the assistant coaches that I would prefer. A guy, I should say, that doesn't have any experience um, in regard to the assistants right. that um, that we would bring in. He he's at the top of my list as well in regard to that. But, um, you know, Quinn is number one for me. I think that, you know, if you, if you look at, you know, Dallas's defense, really, I mean, you look at that team as a whole, right? Their offense with all that star power, they kind of underachieved at times. And, and I don't know if it was on Prescott. I have no idea. But when you have those type of receivers and you have two really solid running backs and two pretty good tight ends, I mean, they're, they're, they're built. They got a lot of players there. They underachieved the offense, but the defense did not. Um, you know, Quinn's a guy, like you mentioned, Daniel, he brought Atlanta to the Super Bowl. And I mean, you look back at that team, right? How many stars did they have on that team? Can you guys even think of anybody on that defense right now that not was on that, on that defense? I mean, do any players come to mind? Or the Deion Jones? Right. I mean, true you, font you, as a quarterback. True, right. You really have to struggle is what I'm getting at. So this is a guy that I think overachieves. You know, a lot of the guys that are that are being thrown around, I mean, the guy up in Buffalo, Josh Allen makes your job a hell of a lot easier, right? Um, you know, me and Mike were talking during the during the playoff game, and I guess we'll get into the games a little bit later, but you know, I'm telling Mike, I'm like, this guy is not doing a good job of calling a game at this point. You know, and I, I don't claim to know everything, but when you're, when you're just running designed runs with Josh Allen and Gabriel Davis is just destroying his guy, I'm, I kept telling Mike, I'm like, Mike, they got to go back to Davis. And lo and behold, the next two drives, that's exactly what they did. They went right up the field. Um, I, I think that Sometimes the players make the coaches' jobs a hell of a lot easier and make them look a lot better than what they actually Absolutely. are is what I'm getting at. So I think Quinn would be a great choice. McDaniel I like a lot. And, I mean, past those two guys, I mean, I do like Leslie Frazier to some extent, but he's another defensive-minded head coach. If he does come in, then he's got to hire a really good offensive coordinator. Well, that goes for any of these defensive people. Yes, exactly. So, you know, <clears throat> when we go that route, and that goes the same with, with Quinn, but the thing is, Mike, is that when you have a guy like a Frazier or a guy like Quinn, I think it'll make it a hell of a lot easier for them to bring in a guy that can actually, you know, run the offense really well. They'd be more inclined to come and work under somebody uh, like that. Rather that's than the reason that Quinn is my number one choice. Okay, there you go. Yeah, Exactly for that reason. Well, I'm glad you started, Mike, because I was, in fact, done. So go ahead. So Quinn's your first choice, and and, and who do you got thereafter? Anybody? Uh, Mike McDaniel. Okay, so we're all on board. So our top two are all the same. Yep, and my third is Kellen Moore. Kellen Moore, okay. All right. So, you know, you you hope to get Quinn because you want the guy with the the experience. I think this team is young, and it needs that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if they can't get him, then uh, McDaniel, as I said, is known as an offensive genius. So he's going to help 
Tua. He's going to help the linemen. He's going to help and and hopefully call plays that that kind of keep them from being exposed as much as they are. How many jobs are open right now? Nine. There's nine jobs. With the Saints job coming open? Yep. Nine. Which is a whole conversation, you know, too, obviously – uh, a lot of people are going to say, what, they want Sean Payton to come to Miami, but that's kind of just a pipe dream, right, Mike? Well, Payton is under contract with the Saints, and he is under contract through 2023. Yep. So, if, if you know, he stepped away, but they still retain his rights. Yep. And uh, what that means is if Miami wanted him to come here, they've got to work out a trade with uh, the Saints that's going to make the Saints happy. And, uh, you know, when Gruden was traded years ago, they got two number ones and two number twos for Gruden. And Tampa was ready to win. Yeah. Yeah. We're not ready to win. We can't trade away that kind of assets for a coach. You know, it's all a matter of what you want to do. But if you want Sean Payton, that's probably what it's going to cost. Well, hey, Gruden's out there. Yeah. Oh, boy. (laughs) Oh, boy. Yeah, get him and Watson, right? <laughs> right. You bring him and Watson and see what kind of circus, uh, uh-huh. you know, comes to town. Not so sure Greer makes it another out. three months if that's the case. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> well, it, the, the funny thing about it all is this, is that, um, you know, what, what I want to look at is, is being realistic. So, guys, who do you think we wind up with? I mean, keep in mind there's nine other coaching jobs. And you know, be realistic about who you think we're going to get. It could be Joseph. It could be DeBull, you know? Yeah. Hard to say. It could be Leslie Frazier. Right. I mean, you know, it's really hard to say. Well, um, I hope it's not Vance. I mean, I'm just saying I don't have any dislike for the guy, but I didn't really see anything. I do. You know, that <laughs> you hope it is. Oh, you have dislike. No, for him. I, yeah. I, don't, I don't dislike him. I just don't think he's very good. Yeah, me neither. I, I would say that. Obviously, Quinn is a top choice for all of us. They're saying he's a finalist in Chicago as well as Denver. Yeah. I think he lands in Denver, guys. I'll be and if not, yep. he, he lands in Chicago. I, you know, looking at it realistically, I don't think we get McDaniel either. I think he's going to look at the, you know, the openings, and there, there's a couple of jobs that, to me, you know, in my eyes, and I'm a Dolphin fan. You know, you you, you would never believe it, but. <laughs> you know, sometimes you have to be realistic about situations. And, you know, if I'm McDaniel, I'd, I'd go to a few other places prior to coming here. Well, where would you go? <laughs> Mike, that's a whole other subject. Let's move on to the next thing. I mean, I want to see what you're weighing. You know what I mean? If, if you're going to go to Jacksonville, then I'm going to say you're nuts. Uh, I'm not so sure about that, Mike. I'm really not. I mean, you know, you've got Trevor Lawrence to work I know with. What you, you, got. Got, you got the kid coming back at running back, and you've already got a decent running back there. you got a nice stable of wide receivers. I mean, they, they've got good young receivers. They've got some players over there. Um, and their defense, Mike, go back and look at their season last year defensively. They, they had some horrible games, but then there were games where they just played lights out. Look at the last game of the season when they knocked off Indy. Go back yep. to the Buffalo game. I mean, they have some promise there. And this is exactly why I didn't want to go down these avenues because, <laughs> you know, we, we could spend another half hour on this. But it's funny that you mentioned Jacksonville because, you know, they may seem like a really bad team. You know, you look at them as a whole, you've got a really good young quarterback. 
and you've got some some nice pieces there. So couldn't you say the same about us? Maybe not necessarily yeah. a good young quarterback, but we've well, got some nice pieces on this team. Yeah, I mean, no, if we're being honest, Lawrence looked like trash this last well, year. Yeah, I, I don't. There's a lot to be said about the system he was playing in. He played for Urban Meyer and all that stuff. Yeah, I'm not convinced that he would choose Jacksonville over Miami. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I actually you know, think that he is a guy that we may end up with. I can't tell you which of these guys is going to end up as our coach. I think Dable has the inside track at New at New York with uh, the hiring of Joe Schoen as a general manager there. Mm-hmm. Yep, and and the yep. opportunity to work with. Danny Dimes, right? Uh, a guy that has wheels kind of like Josh Allen. And and now there's reports saying that Dable is not sure about Tua's NFL ceiling. So well, that's that's been out for a week. Yeah. Yeah. I, I yeah. don't know what's gonna end up happening, but I do look at McDaniel as a guy who may end up here. Well, you look at the Saint job now as well. I mean, uh-huh. you know, that you know, you got Kamara. To work with over there, the quarterback situation's a little bit up in the air. But, you know, I mean, listen, there, there's defense. jobs out there, guys. And, and, you know, if history has taught us anything, you know, you've got to look at the organization as a whole. You've got to look at Greer as, as being your GM and Stephen Ross and his inability to make smart decisions. And all of that stuff gets factored in. I mean, as I mentioned, if, if, if I'm a guy looking for a job, you know, Miami's way down my list. I mean, you know, it's way down my list. So, you know, I don't want to keep going back to that, but, you know, there, there's a lot of factors other than the personnel, which, you know, again, is, you know, we've got a great defense. I mean, that's a positive. But, you know, past the personnel in your organization, your, you know, in the organization, you know, you're looking at some, you know, some other things that are just not positives for us. Well, let me let me say this in Greer's defense, and sure. you know how I feel about Greer. But regardless of that, it, this mm-hmm. is the truth. He is he right. is viewed as a guy that's very easy to get along with. Right. But we uh, don't. Nice guys finish last, Mike. Well, sounds like Mike loves cases, Chris yes. Greer. <laughs> but uh, what I'm telling you is, you know, that's his reputation. So he might not cause a coach to hesitate. Well, Mike. I'm surprised that we haven't heard anything more about a Doug Peterson or a Jim Caldwell. You know, right. where where have these names gone during this search? Now it's I think they it's have, they have been interviewed. I, I just don't know not by us. I don't know if they it's have Mike? place. So yes. Peterson has been interviewed at this yes. point. But not by us. So yep. I don't know if it's commonplace knowledge for all fans that uh Miami is not making it no they're not like announcing who they're interviewing. So it's possible that they've interviewed one or both of these guys and we just don't know. Right. Is that accurate, Mike, or no? Chicago interviewed Peterson. Yeah, okay. I just read today, and I can't remember the source, but they're saying that Miami's not announcing who they're interviewing. They're gotcha. keeping it quiet. And okay. so there's a possibility, I think it was Pro Football Network, Denver? maybe. Denver and interviewed them? They're saying that Miami may be interviewing more people that we just don't know about because they're not announcing it. And Jacksonville interviewed them? So Peterson's been to three different places. Yep, so far. So Maybe far. more. I'm, I'm still looking. I don't see them bringing in a guy like that. I just don't. I, I think that they, you know, Greer wants to have as much control as possible as far as I'm concerned. I think he's the big problem here. I really do. Yeah, that's it. Three, three interviews. Yeah. So anyway, 
you know, I, I think that that's the big issue here is that I think they want to they want to have a young guy come in, a guy that hasn't done it, a guy that they can somewhat control. They don't want a guy that's going to come I in agree and be, with you. be a hardhead. You know, a guy like a Peterson who has the experience and is going to butt heads with Greer. Now, you can say, Mike, that, yeah, he's a great guy to get along with and so on and so forth. But um, our head coach that just left, you know, obviously that wasn't the case with those two. So Okay, but who did he get along with? I don't know. Did he get along with Gase? <laughs> I mean, to me, <laughs> no, that's I'm what talking, I'm saying. I'm talking I mean, about Flores. Oh, Flores. Right, right. But He uh, didn't I, get along with Greer. He didn't get along with Tua. He well, didn't get along with his assistant coaches. He didn't he, get along with owner. He didn't get along with anybody. Right. And this came, all came about over the last month. The first two and two years plus, we didn't hear anything in regard to him not getting along with anybody. Well, we know, in, we know he fired a bunch of people, a bunch of coordinate, you know, coordinators and right. uh, offensive staff. So, I mean, tells you they weren't getting along, right? <laughs> well, Flores is gone. Is my yep. point, right? Yep. Forget about him. Are Greer's we, here. Are this we rehashing Flores? This is who we're ta- right. This is who we're, we're talking about Greer right now. And when we're talking about him, easy to get along with people. You know, I'm not so sure that's you know that's as long as he's like, you know, yes and you and doing this and doing. I mean, I don't think him and Gase had a real good relationship either. And and he hired Gray, both Gase of was these always guys. giving him the crazy eyes, though. It's ah. possible. The point ah. is, is that. I, I don't care how nice a guy he is. He's got to get. He, he's got to do a better job. That's all. And uh, you know, I don't care how nice a guy he is. The problem is, and and this is how I see it. Okay, when you have an owner that's out of town, yes. In time, if your team isn't performing, who's your coach going to blame? He's going to blame the GM, right? Who's the GM going to blame? He's going to blame the coach, and therein lies our problem. In lies our problem, Mike, is the fact that we don't have the horses to run the race. And that, I think, fell a lot upon the guy that it's fell upon over the last 20 years. You know, he's got a track record here, and it's not a good one. So, you know, I'm not defending Greer. I'm not defending Flores. I'm telling you what our problem is. And this has been through different coaching staffs, not just this coaching staff. Well, let's establish this, that we've got a nice nice guy GM. How's that? Okay. (laughs) All right. What else we got, Mike? Well, I mean, we wanted to talk about the uh, games this past weekend, right? Boy, Boy, what a weekend for football. Man, I'll tell you what. Go ahead, Mike. Start us off. Start us off? Which game you want to start off with? I think you should start off with the last one first. <laughs> which, which was what? Buffalo, Kansas City? Yes. Oh, my God. Incredible. It shows you. Let me tell you something. <laughs> As I'm watching that game, right? I'm looking at these two offenses, and I'm thinking to myself, we are not a, not a college football team on offense. We're a high school team on offense compared to these teams. It's incredible. I mean, you watch these teams, and, and I hope that all these Dolphin fans that, that look at us and say, oh, well, we're not that bad. We're okay. You know, this and that and all this other crap. Just look at what those offenses did back and forth. Uh, just incredible players at the quarterback position on both sides making big plays over and over again. I mean. Can we remind people that Buffalo had the number one defense? incredible points, points and scored and yards right 
Right, and Kansas yeah. City hasn't played that bad either. The point is, is that you know you've got guys, you've got two guys running the show there. That when you go, and I made this point to you, Mike, as we were watching the game, that you look over the course of that game, and there were, and this is the other thing that just drives me crazy with people all the time. That oh, our offensive line sucks. We can't block. We can't do this. Our running game sucks. This and that. All you had to do is watch one drive with Mahomes running the show. That one of the very first drives of the game where he avoided three sacks and turned those sacks into positive plays. And that's what you do. No, there's nothing perfect in the NFL. It's that simple. So you Dolphin fans out there that want to throw, you know, all that nonsense out there over the fact that we suck at this, we suck at that. Your quarterback has to make plays when other when other parts of your offense break down. It happens. It happens to every team. Lord knows it happened to Bur- Burrow. We'll get into that game. Sacked nine times. They still won the game. The point is, is that your quarterback has to make plays when he's under duress. And both of these guys just did a phenomenal job. Absolutely fun. I've, I don't know if I've seen a better game in years, Mike. Right? It's well, been a while. Daniel, <laughs> when was it, what, what, is, what did this game compare to? Boy, in, in, go ahead, Daniel. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I I'm having a hard time looking back through my memory hole and finding a, a game that was as entertaining and just as mind-blowing as that game was. I mean, there was a Monday night football game between Kansas City and the Rams. They scored like 100 points. But this game, it was for all the marbles as far as their season is concerned. Right. But I go back to our game against the Chargers. I had a feeling ago. you would say that. Yeah. And, I, yeah. and I'm in agreement with you, Mike. Not to cut you off, but 110%. It blows, it blows my mind. Watching that game was absolutely mind-blowing. And it, it was amazing. And there is an entire generation of NFL football fans right now that that, that is the best game. And it will always be the best game that they have ever seen. Yeah, and yeah agreed. Definitely. It's and good. Watching, that's going to be hard to top. Watching yeah, those is. quarterbacks play, like there's an argument to be made. You know, I know you was talking about the nonsense. There's an argument to be made that a different type of football can limit those kind of quarterbacks and can manipulate the clock and all that stuff, and they can be beat. But watching what they were doing on the field in the biggest game of their season and quite possibly their life. Yeah, it was, definitely. It was mind-blowing. It was insane. I mean, Mahomes has been in big games before. This was really Josh Allen's biggest game, I would say. Yeah. Uh, but uh, he was incredible. They were, they were both absolutely incredible under immense pressure. 700 yards combined, eight touchdowns, no interceptions. They each ran for 68-plus yards. Like, it was... It was incredible to watch. Yeah. It truly was. I mean, that that was... It's a game for the ages. Game for the ages. I mean, you know, it just... It, you know, they have to change... You know, on another note, they have to change that rule in regard to overtime. I mean, it, it's horrible that a coin toss... And I understand there's people out there that say, hey, you know... You don't want to lose, stop They got to stop them. Right. right. You don't want to lose, stop them. But, I mean, my God, when Neither you play your ass off... The rules court, favor the offense. Neither of those much. teams was going to be stopped. Right. Right. Exactly. But, you know, again, they should have at least had an opportunity to touch the ball and at least match that touchdown. Because a, a coin flip in a game like that, you know, you look at it and you're like, it's kind of bittersweet for Buffalo because... 
They never even had an opportunity. You know, Kansas City did their job great. Well, allow Buffalo to at least match that. And if they don't, the game's over. It's as simple as that. And if they do tie it, then you just play on. It it just it just uh, makes the legend of that game grow, right? Yep. So no, anyway. I don't think there's an easy answer to how you fix overtime, and everybody's clamoring for it. But yeah, that well, was you make it as fair as possible, Daniel. That's all. Yeah, coin flip should not decide a game. It really shouldn't, and it, and it's happened. On numerous occasions. I mean, there yes. was this, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I can't remember the stat that came out, but it was like nine out of 10. And it was very lopsided. Yeah, it was ridiculously Generally, lopsided. the team that wins the toss wins the game. It's not yeah. always that way, but generally speaking, it is. All right. And yep. a lot of times this year in particular, any overtime game, you watch that first team go down and score a touchdown. Mm-hmm. A lot of walk-off touchdowns in overtime. Yeah. Now, I just, if, th- if this was 20 years ago, I wouldn't want it to play on like I do now. Right. Because right, I right, think right. the rules have changed so, so much in favor of the offense and the quarterbacks that it's only fair that you give the other team the same opportunity. If those rules hadn't been changed, then your defense has more significance. And I would say, you know what? Stop them. <laughs> Agreed. Right. You were able, you, you had opportunities to really just go full throttle. I mean, the, the game definitely favors the offense nowadays. There's no question about it. You know, it's that simple. You can't jam guy. You can't knock the shit out of the quarterback. You can't knock the shit out of the wide receivers anymore. Right. Not like you once did. So, you know, it is what it is. What, what, was, the, what was the next game, Mike? Let Daniel start the next one off. Well, uh, what, we just go to the first game of the weekend? Go ahead. Uh, Cincinnati, Tennessee, right? Yeah. Right. That sure. was I loved watching that. Um just because it's it's the up and coming AFC team, right? The champions of the North, they knocked off not only the Pittsburgh Steelers, but also the Baltimore Ravens. They've got one of my favorite players in the league, regardless of team in Jamar Chase. And Burrow has really taken a I like leap him this better year. Than I I said one of. My oh, favorite okay. players in the league. Absolutely, right. I don't like him more than Waddle. But I, I love watching the kid play ball. And Yeah, he's a hell of an athlete. And last year, Burrow was good before the injury, but he was not great. And he has taken a leap this year and really shown me something. And watching them now 2-0 and in the playoffs with Burrow – uh, it was a it was an awesome sight to watch them get a W, and now they're going to their first AFC Championship since what 1988. So I enjoyed that game a lot. Tannehill looked like garbage. They couldn't get a run game going really, Tennessee, and it's kind of what I expected. Um, I said it the last time when I was on, and we talked about Tennessee. Uh, I said I think it would look, sound like hyperbole if I said that Tennessee wasn't a very good team, that they were just well coached, but. That's kind of what I thought was going to happen. I, I thought Tennessee was going to get beat after having a week off, and Cincinnati showed their mettle. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Derrick Henry, Henry was on the field, and they still couldn't uh, pull that game out. I mean, Tannehill made some major mistakes, and that was the difference in the game. It was, you know, it's simple as sure. that. Sure. Three interceptions. Uh, yeah. You, you look at the game, and, you know, the big, big, uh, thing that swayed in Cincinnati's way was the fact that he threw some key interceptions at, at horrible times. Early in the game, he set the tone, and then late in the game, he did it again. 
and he had one in between, and and that was that. And you know, Cincinnati was able to go over there and and pull it out. So for all you uh, Tannehill fans, uh, you know, this is what me and Mike continually talk about in regard to him. You know, is he a guy that can win a Super Bowl for you? And we've always been in doubt of that. And uh, so far, he's proven us right because they they have a really good team around him. They really do. I they mean, were the number one seed. Yep, number one seed. Good defense. You know, Derrick Henry's back. They have some nice backups. They have a lot of talent, and uh, Cincinnati went in there and beat them. If you look back at Tennessee's run in the playoffs uh, previous to this year, Tannehill was still he was throwing for like a hundred yards a game. You know, mm-hmm. it wasn't Tannehill that was winning those exactly. games. Exactly. So. Um, I'm with you on that. I don't think he can win the big game. And, you know, 2021 is definitely not their year. No. Mike, you start off with the Green Bay San Francisco. I'm sorry, you had something else? Well, no, I was going to introduce the San Francisco Green Bay game to the discussion. Yeah, you do that because I honestly missed most of that game. You know, you know what we were up in Orlando and we had uh, business up there. So I mean, it was it was a defensive game. You know, yeah. it, there really isn't a whole lot to say about it, in my opinion. You know, right? Uh, Rogers did not have his typical game, uh-huh. and, and Garoppolo did just enough. You know, to to. Win the, the game. And the special teams, obviously. Yeah, obviously, right? yes. The special teams was probably the difference in the game. Yeah, San Francisco didn't score an offensive touchdown. Right. That game shocked me. It really did. Yeah. I couldn't believe it. Yeah, I think that was the biggest shock of the weekend for me as well, watching San Francisco go into Green Bay. A, a play, they've got like 36 wins over the last three years in the regular season, and they can't get over the hump. And this year it's it happens crazy. in the divisional round. Crazy. Absolutely yeah. crazy. You know, I watched the very first drive of the game. Green Bay went up the field. I watched the second drive when uh, tight end, um, what's his name, Mercedes Lewis fumbled. They were moving the ball very well again, and then he fumbled, and that kind of turned the game around a little bit. And then after that, I didn't see an awful lot of it. You know, Mike was – Well, there wasn't much to see. (laughs) No, not really. I mean, but I was was shocked. I was like – My God, Green Bay scored three more points for the rest of the game after that opening drive. Yeah. I, I, I just couldn't believe it. So, um, yeah, I mean, and you I know, actually, Green, go ahead. I actually misspoke. It's it's thirty nine games over the last three years. They've wow. won thirteen games each of the last three years in the regular season. Is that crazy? That's crazy to me. And you have to have a better performance out of your all world quarterback in that situation. 110%. And, and, and a defense that is supposed to have been getting healthy, they they did their job. You know, Garoppolo had a uh, probably an atypical Garoppolo game. He didn't play quite yeah, as well. Low, low yardage, one interception, yeah. you know. And but, they didn't run the ball very well either, San Francisco. I mean, they, they were fortunate because of the block punt. And, Green Bay's you know, of defense course they showed up. Yep. Yeah. And so did San Francisco's, and they're on a roll, and they're they're looking like the sweetheart team right now, right? The Cinderella team. Yeah, unfortunately, team. yes. Yeah, not good for us. for us. No, not good. But maybe good for Mike McDaniel, you know, because as far as long, he's been with San Francisco and Kyle Shanahan, he's got some playoff experience under his belt already. Yes. Yep. And, and now he has an opportunity to go to his second Super Bowl yes. as a coach on that staff. So, yep. you know. If he uh, lands with us. Right, 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 right. It's a good thing. If he lands with us. Well, I'm saying that because he, you know, that's assuming he lands with us. Four teams remain in the NFL playoffs, and that means only four teams left for you to bet on at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner in the NFL. 
Counting down to Super Bowl 56, new customers can get 56 to 1 odds on any team. Bet just $5 and get $280 in free bets if your team wins. Not a new customer? You can experience the conference championships with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. DraftKings is safe, it's secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code TPPN, and get 56 to 1 odds on any NFL team. Bet just $5 and win 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code TPPN for 56 to 1 odds at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner in the NFL. You must be 21 or older in New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problems? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Tampa Bay and the Rams, Daniel. Oh, boy. Can we say goodbye to Tom Brady yet? I think so. I Goodbye, Tom. It was... It was not very much fun for a lot of years. Uh, that was a really uh, incredible game too, because at at one point the Rams were up twenty seven to three, yeah, and then they just kind of dribbled down their they fell down their their bib, yeah, they know? fell asleep. And I thought Tampa Bay was going to come back. Like it is very rare that you watch Tom Brady lead a comeback like that, and he doesn't come a, come away as the victor. Um, so I was impressed with L.A. and I was unimpressed with L.A. Exactly. You know, it, it's and they have real trouble beating San Francisco. You know, we'll talk about that in a second. But Cooper Cup is an incredible football Phenomenal. player. Cam Akers coming back from that, that Achilles injury after only six months. I, I am stunned by that and he looks really good. I think the Rams have a real shot to win the whole thing. Well, I mean, it was nice to watch Tampa go down. Let me say, yeah. So I, goodbye, I mean, Tom. Goodbye, Tom. But you know, here's the problem I have with the Rams. <laughs> uh, no, and it, and it's a big problem. I mean, sure. they they this game they had in hand, and I don't know what happens to this team because they did the same thing against San Francisco yep. a couple of weeks ago. Yep. They just choke. I mean, you how do you miss field goals, um, fumble footballs when the game's basically over, let Mike Evans beat you down the sideline for 70 yards when you know they have to score quickly? I mean, it was just one thing after another. If If – if you look at everything that they did late in that game, it's like it, it, if you take away one of those things, Tampa has no, no shot at tying that game up. No shot whatsoever. Right. But they made at least a half a dozen mistakes late in that yep. game that cost them. And that's, that's where the problem lies with the Rams because they did the same thing against San Francisco a couple of weeks ago. I think right now, if you look at that game, San Francisco's a little bit more stable as 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 a complete team. Even you know, with they Garoppolo, go, even with Garoppolo. If when you go to the Rams and you look at Stafford and you look at Beckham and you look at Coop, 
and all of those guys. I mean, they've got, and now Akers is back, and they have some decent backups to him. They've got a really, really good offense, and their defense just, I, I don't know what happens to them. I mean, they have all these really good players on their defense, but they break down. Mm-hmm. I mean, there, there's something not right there. It could be the coaching, you know, on that, on that defensive side. I don't know what the issue is, but I'm telling you from now, San Francisco, if they go in there and they're able to run the football on the Rams, they're going to beat them. Uh, Stafford's got to have a, a nice, solid game against this team because the 49ers are going to come to play. They've already beaten them twice over the last month. I think they played each other twice very late in the season, didn't they? I mean, I know it was in the second half of the season, well, the both last of their games was, against each I other. I don't remember when the first one it was. You, I think it was just a few weeks prior to that. This is going to sound – I don't know how this is going to sound. This might sound really dumb, but you want to know what I think it is with them? And I thought this in the middle of the season when they went on that, that losing streak too. I think it's all ego. Like – I think every professional athlete has to have some ego, but I think as a team, these guys start patting themselves on the back. They say, look what we've done. And they let up just a hair because, hey, we're better than you. And then they get punched in the mouth. If if they wouldn't have lost that game to San Francisco, San Francisco wouldn't even be in the playoffs right now. Exactly. And they wouldn't they have, have to be to staring at San Francisco, well. losing six of their last six against San Francisco. And the only thing I that. would say to that, Daniel, is they were playing the defending Super Bowl champs, right? Sure. Yeah, but you wouldn't think they'd be overconfident. You wouldn't right? think so, but I swear that's what it is. I watched some of the only guy on that team that I don't well, there's two. Cooper Cup and and I think Aaron Donald. Those are the guys that when I watch them on the on the field, I don't see that arrogance like you can't beat me. It, right. They're out there saying, I'm gonna beat you on every play. You see it from Ramsey. A guy like, like Ramsey, that. you watch him on the field, and he's like, you know, he crosses his arms and cocks his head to the side and says, you can't beat me. Well, guess what? Uh, one slip up and you're toast, and that attitude, I, I swear it's ego, and I, maybe it doesn't make a lot of sense, but that's what it looks like. No, it, it makes perfect sense. I just don't know if I buy it. <laughs> well, right. Well, you look, at, you look at the games, right? I mean, Tampa's defense is not the same defense. Right. They're just right. not, you right. know, they're not the same defense they right. were a year ago in the playoffs. I mean, they, they just went on a run and they were playing at an extremely high level. And, you know, Tampa offensively was a little strapped at the, you know, at the wide receiver position without Godwin. But, and Brady, you know, to his credit, brought them back again. But the Rams really should have won that game handedly and they wound up, you know, struggling at the end. Now, yeah. now you go over to the San Francisco side. And with a guy like Garoppolo as your quarterback, you know, they go into Green Bay, who, as you mentioned, you know, won 13 games this year against Rodgers and stuff. Their defense plays lights out. And uh, they come out of there with a win. So right now, San Francisco is scary to me. They really are. Um, I hope the Rams beat them because... um, Well, yeah. The last thing we want to do is is draft dead last. (laughs) <laughs> you know, in this coming draft. Not that it's going to be all that much better, but we don't want to draft dead last. It just adds more it would be salt so in an, yeah. an open. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It'd be like, okay, on top of everything else, we get the 32nd pick in uh, this coming NFL draft. Not be good. Daniel, what is your prediction for that game, San Francisco, LA? I think LA finds a way to win. 
I, I think this is Stafford's year. But I just think the talent on both sides of the ball. Obviously, San Francisco is talented. They're on a roll. They've won six in a row against Sean McVay and the Rams. And you can go That's one way or the something. other with that. You can say, well, yeah. we're due. Or, oh, my God, they've got our number. Uh-huh. And I think this time it's we're due. And I think the Rams end up getting back to the Super Bowl. I think they take them out about 24 or 21. Probably another last-second kick, right? Uh, every game last weekend ended on the final play, and I think that that's crazy. This is going to be another weekend of that kind of football where the, the championship games end on the last play. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, th- this is really tough for me because when you look at the 49ers, right, I compare them to those giant teams that won on the Parcells where they just played rock-solid defense and they did just enough offensively with Jeff Hostetler in at quarterback to win games. You know, that's what they did. They, they went out there, and they, they've got a lot more heart than the Rams do, as far as I'm concerned. And they, I think they're coached better. I think they've got a better – and I'm not taking anything away from the Rams coaching staff, but the 49ers have beaten them twice. And, they're, you know, they've got an opportunity to beat them a third time, which is really, really tough. Um, you know, so I think San Francisco in those cases have an advantage over the Rams, but as you mentioned, Daniel, talent wise, the Rams have a lot more talent, I think on both sides of the football. Yeah. 49ers have their share of really good players, but the Rams have some really, really talented players on their side of the football. This game comes down to the quarterback play, as you mentioned as well. Stafford's got to play well, and if he doesn't, the 49ers are going to beat him. Uh, But I think Stafford's going to actually have a decent game, and I think they're going to win this game something like 17-13. to It's going to be tight. I don't think you're going to see a ton of offense, maybe 2014, something to that effect. But I think the Rams are going to do just enough to win this football game. But it would not surprise me in the least. If San Francisco wins yep, this game. I see it the same way. Do you? Yep. Low Cincinnati, score, low Kansas score, City. So you see a low-scoring L.A. Yes, win? Yes. I, I, I would mimic everything he said. I, I want to add one thing real quick, and, I, uh-huh. and then we can move forward. You talked about the coaching advantage on San Francisco's side. Not only does that go to Mike McDaniels, but there's another name that I think, and I wanted to mention this earlier, but his name has not been out anywhere. D'Amico Ryans the defensive coordinator for San Francisco mm-hmm. is an amazing football coach. Mm-hmm. He worked his That's way good. up. He's really good. Watch for him at some point to be a hot name mm-hmm. too. Anyway, yep. moving forward. Cincinnati, Kansas City. Mike, you start this one. Go ahead. Yes. Wow. Wow. You know, what do you say? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see Burrow against Mahomes, you know? Right. Uh, how can you not want to see that, right? Uh, I think, honestly, though, that, that Kansas City is going to be too much for Cincinnati. Um, I like them in the game. I just think that uh, Cincinnati doesn't quite have the defense to stop Kansas City. And I think that Kansas City can contain Burrow and uh, Chase. But we'll see. Uh, it's going to be it's going to be a, you know, a tough game, an offensive game, I think. But uh, – I like Kansas City, and I think somewhere around, oh, I don't know, 30 to 24, 30, 27, something like that. Mm-hmm. So you think it'll be tight? Yep. Okay. Daniel, you want to go or you want me? 
Yeah, I mean, I can go. This one's really tough for me. And it's, it is tough. It's probably tougher than it should be because we just watch what Mahomes can do. And, it, you know, he can do it in 13 seconds. <laughs> you know, a lot of quarterbacks can't do it. The in question, a Daniel, is what is Cincinnati's defense going to do? Right. That's, really, that's the wild card. So here's the thing, though. Like, we literally just watched Cincinnati beat Kansas City in Week 17. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was in Cincinnati. Jamar Chase had, <laughs> you know, nearly 300 yards receiving. And I don't think that Kansas City is going to be able to stop the passing attack. It's going to come down to can Mahomes outscore Burrow. And I think the answer to that is yes. As much as I want to choose Cincinnati, uh, not because I don't like, you know, watching Mahomes win, uh, and my my uh, fellow Central American, uh, you know, heartland of, of America friends would would really be pain to hear me say Kansas City was going to lose. But I think Mahomes is going to be able to pull this game out. We've already watched what he can do in big games. And here, I want to say this real quick. Four years as a starter for Mahomes. Four AFC Championship games for Mahomes. Four AFC Championships games at home in Arrowhead for Mahomes. And I think that that's going to be the difference. I think Cincinnati is going to be able to hang with them. I think they're, they're going to play well. Uh, I think it's going to be similar to the last time. The last game was 34-31. I see another mid-30 scoring game. I'm going to say 35-31, and Kansas City is going to pull it out. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you, you look at the game as a whole. You look at Mahomes, and you look at who they went up against last week, Tannehill, and you see a guy that at the quarterback position can create incredibly over and over again, right? He doesn't make mistakes. He, he basically turns broken plays into positive plays over and over again. Uh, you look across the field at Burrow, more of a pocket guy, a pocket guy that got sacked nine times last week, guys. Um, you know, Kansas City wa- is watching the film. They know where their weaknesses are across that offensive line. You know, I think that, Cincinnati will be able to score some points, but you know, I, I honestly think that this game will be like 35-38-24. I think they're going to beat them by a couple touchdowns. I think that Cincinnati will get their fair share of scores, but I think in between, um, you know, they're going to they're going to have some problems in regard to sacks, much like they did last week. And I think that Mahomes is playing at such a high level right now. I mean, this game. I mean, you could just see how focused he was last week. It was like, you know, it, it's not happening. You're not beating me. I mean, that's the attitude he had. When you looked at him on the sideline, not to take anything away from Burrow because he has that, that same fight in him, but you looked at Mahomes whenever the, the, the TV camera panned to him when he was sitting watching the defense play, and there was no emotion in him whatsoever. He was just staring in the space, just knowing what he had to go out there and do, just completely concentrating on the job at hand. And he went out there and he executed over and over and over again. And they just have so much star power on that side of the field that I I just can't see uh, Cincinnati stopping them much at all. Um, and so I, I see him winning something like 38 to 24, something to that effect. All right. 
Guys, that's going to be it for tonight. All right. Thank you Great. for joining me. Yeah, you're very yeah, welcome, Mike. Good time, guys. All right. Well, th- what time are the listening. games, Mike? Did we get the games right this week at least? Oh, you got the games right. We did. We got we did. the matchups right. There's only four teams left, so we couldn't really screw it up this well, week, right? Well, we had a 50-50 chance. <laughs> <laughs> Two games, and then we talk about the Pro Bowl, right? Oh, no, we're not. We don't. I'm not discussing. If you guys are doing a show on the Pro Bowl, then uh, I will not be part of that. that you don't that want to talk about Xavier Howard? It's a fiasco. Boy. Enough of that. Boy. Half of the guys are going to bail out and... Uh, you know, it's a yeah. Fiasco. We all know the drill. Yeah, we all know the drill. Let's talk touch, about. Right? Let, let's let's hope that we have a lot of conversations going forward about our new head coach and who he brings in underneath him over the next few weeks. That's what we want. If San Francisco gets eliminated, Mike McDaniel might be the guy. We want a quick and deadly hire, right? That's you what guys we want. Let me close this show. One last thing, <laughs> I think Vic Fangio is is. Out there somewhere, right? So let's get him in for our defensive coordinator if we don't bring the lawyer back. All right, Vic Fangio. How about that? Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll be back next week. Until then, fins up. Thanks, fellas. Fins up. Fins up, Dolphins. All right, that's today's show. I just want to remind everyone that the Fin Fans podcast is proud to be part of DolphinsTalk.com podcast network and the Pigskin Podcast Network. Check out these sites, guys. There's lots of podcasts and information there that you'll enjoy. All right, until next time, be well and take care. Podcast Network.